One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. When do we take control of our lives and our destiny? We're a small country, but we punch way above our weight. Like, I'm filming now at this stage, to be honest with you. I thought it was one of the hardest things to do. It was horrendous. We're the one for Cork and ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 1850-715-996. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The lines are live. Let's kickstart the conversation. This is The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Come here, they're making the Attorney General earn his crust these days. Front page of the paper this morning. <laughs> the Attorney General has now been asked to find a way to save Electric Picnic. Busy, busy summer for the AG. <laughs> Up to a couple of months ago, would anybody have known who the AG is or what they even do? Any more on that during the programme, we'll, we'll come back to you on it. Uh, it's first day at school week. It used to be just first day at school day, but now it's first day at school week. They go, some went yesterday, some are going today, some are going until Monday. What I'd love to hear is from, you know, parents who've been through it, maybe last year. Little tips, maybe, for those who are going through it this year. It's, 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 it's always funny. It really is funny. You know, the snots and the tears and the wailing and the gnashing of teeth. And, and that's just the mammies. Do you know, the dads are actually worse You'll see, you'll see dads walking bravely back to the car this morning. Like, I'm gone. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Big day. They're worse than the women. The dads are these days. I think they're secretly going, Jesus, thanks be to God, they're gone. I wish I could have a point. It's only nine o'clock. However, we will be, uh, we'll be talking about first day at school a little bit later on. And then another thing to do with school the confusion about communions and confirmations is still going on. Uh, TDs now even issuing statements about it. Must have been a quiet day in the office, but TDs issuing statements about communions and confirmations. Have you had a communion cancelled for the third time or fourth time? Have you had a confirmation cancelled for the third or the fourth time? You're trying to get clarification, but you can't. We'll see if we can address that one for you also uh, during the opinion line this morning. But first, I want to uh, touch base with our newly appointed uh, senior news correspondent, uh, Maureen Twig. Good morning, Maureen. Good morning, PJ. How are you? Good. Tell me about this court case. This is a follow-on from a court case from June where a guy called Garrod Collin appeared at Bandon District Court. Give me more, please. 
Absolutely, yeah, PJ. So, uh, Gerald Cullen um, of Ballycullen in, in Shannon, he appeared again yesterday at Bandon District Court. Now, he'd been previously charged um, of assault causing harm to his mother, but that was withdrawn yesterday by the state, and he two new charges were put to him. So, he's charged with the attempted murder of his mom, Mary Cullen, at a house in Shannon on Friday, June 4th last. He's also charged with intentionally or recklessly causing serious harm to Mary Cullen. Now, he was formally arrested yesterday just before court. So court started just around 2 p.m. yesterday. Um, he made no response or reply when he was charged um, and when after he was formally arrested. Now, uh, Judge James McNulty yesterday, he remanded him in custody uh, to appear at the next earliest sitting of the Central Criminal Court in Dublin. And uh, it will be determined there, PJ, if he's fit to plead. Now, uh, they couldn't set a date because, obviously, the, the sittings aren't underway yet. So it will be at the, the next available earliest sitting of that. Now, what also um, uh, was in court yesterday, PJ, was the High Court ruling from um, earlier this month. And it deemed that Garrod was being detained lawfully. Now, he was being held in custody in prison. Mm-hmm. They wanted um, a bed for him in the, in the central mental hospital, but that wasn't available. Now, they said that prison wasn't the most desirable place for him, mm-hmm. but out in the community certainly wasn't an option because there was concerns there that, that his condition would deteriorate and there was fears there that he could become homeless, he wouldn't see his GP or that he wouldn't take his prescribed medication. So, yeah, they, they deemed that, that he was being detained lawfully while being, being held in custody in prison. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, on, on those two new charges, he's going to appear um, at the next earliest sitting of the, the Central Criminal Court, and that will be in Dublin. Mm. Now, also in court yesterday in Bandon, there was two um, minor theft charges. So it's alleged that he stole um, a can of alcohol and a bottle of gin in, in a supermarket in Dunmanway on May 28th and 29th last. So they were, were dealt with yesterday as well. And he's been remanded in custody um, to appear before the next sitting of Cork Circuit Criminal Court. Um, they reckon September 2nd, because that's when the next um, you know session is going to mm-hmm. start in, in the, the Circuit Criminal Court in Cork. So they, they, they're penciling in September 2nd, and it's in relation to those charges. Now, it will be um, a case as well to determine if, if he's fit to plead. So, yeah, so he was in court himself yesterday mm-hmm. and... As I say, formally arrested, the the initial charge w- was dropped by the state, and those two new serious charges of attempted murder of his mom and um, intentionally or recklessly causing serious harm uh, to her were, were put to him. And as I say, he made no reply to, to okay. either charge. Okay, and as Judge McDulty would have referred him forward to the next sitting of the Central Criminal, and because of, I suppose for listeners, Murray, the calendar is still completely obstructed by COVID, so that's why they don't know when it'll sit next. Absolutely, and that's why they say you know it'll be at the next, um, okay. the soonest possible date that they that they can um, get us. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, all right. We'll follow up uh, that one when it comes about. Thank you very much, Maureen Tuig, our senior news reporter on Cork's ninety six FM. Uh, an adventure of a different kind. Uh, you could have lovely sunshine adventures yesterday. People were beaches and barbecues and trying out a bit of outside activity, hoping to get the last out of the summer, but. It all turned nasty in Ballancolig Regional Park. Um, James, is Katie okay? She didn't get stung, no? Hi, PJ. Good morning. Uh, no, Katie was fine. In fairness, she 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 was grand. We no, we didn't get stung. Okay. What no. happened? Um, I suppose we were we, like we go out on a regular basis. 
So um, we were there yesterday and our son was with us. So my wife decided she wanted to go home. So she dropped him back to Wilton where he lives. So myself and Katie and my two nieces stayed behind. We were just waiting for her to come back. And so we decided to walk down the ferry trail in, 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 the, in the park and we were just walking. <laughs> and I said, we saw the commotion screaming and shouting. We saw this, this, I saw this guy screaming at his kids. And as I got close and I realised there was a load, a load of wasps around the kids. Right. So, yeah. So he was shouting. So I said to the kids, come on, all run, run, run. So I told Katie, I, Katie to run to my two nieces. There was about six or seven young kids there and there were some parents. So we ran to the other end, but the, the, there were still some other kids with the parents and the kids were, I showed the parents were getting stung as well. Mm. And uh, they were trying to help the other kids. There was this one little girl and she, she had her pants down her, and her bum was showing, you know. I'd say no more than four. And she, was getting, she got stung in the bum and <sighs> she was running towards us. And this, this is the big thing for me because Katie has a huge fear of wasps. As you know, Katie has an autism. Yes. And she has a huge fear. And I, I was trying to keep all the kids together because the parents were in the middle of the fairy trail. There was just kids loose everywhere. So I was just trying to hurt them together, keep them together. So in fairness, she ran to the child and uh, she got, by the time she, before she got to her, the kid ran back to her mother and uh, she came back to me. But that didn't dawn on me afterwards. I thought that. I was like, Jesus. Because the day before, we were at McDonald's and she was eating a burger and she threw it away because of a wasp and, and ran, you know? Yeah. And then I was in here, she's running into a swarm room. I just thought it was amazing. And, and but, were uh, they, did they seem, James, ag- aggressive or... Oh, were, yeah. Oh, nice. oh, mental. Because they, they swarmed around me when I was there too, when I was trying to help. And she, we, when, we, we got, when we got there first, you know, I saw one and then all of a sudden, they were like, do you know the way you see an ant on the floor? Yeah. And then all of a sudden you see loads of them. It was just like that. It was, it was weird. And then the noise, you know, and they were very aggressive. They were really, you know, I've never seen anything like like that before, to be honest with you. Yeah. It sounds like they were defending a nest or something. You didn't see any evidence of nests or anything? No, like... I did. I, I did afterwards oh. because when the parents got down to us and they thanked us for holding on to the kids. There's one, there's this one little lad. I'd say he got stung about 40 times in the head because he was holding his head with me and he was screaming. And I, I, I was trying to check his head, and, and I says, where, where did you get stung? And he just started pointing all over his head, you know? Yeah. Did anyone come to, to help, or for what could you do? No, there was a few, there was a couple of people coming around, coming up, asking what was happening, and I said, there was a, there was a swarm up there, it's attacking a lot of the children. And um, um, when the father came down to me, I'd say he was stung to pieces, because I could see in his arms, you know, because he was in the middle of it all this time. He didn't run, he was just trying to shout to some of the kids up there. Of course. So he, I asked him what happened. He was a foreign, he was a foreign gentleman, and uh, he says the ball in the nest, you know. And I was a bit confused what he was talking about. So we we came back around towards the park. We were on the opposite side of the ferry trail. So I walked over to where the, where it happened because I could hear the I could hear the wasps, and there was a football down inside where all the wasps were just swarming around. <sighs> so I said, one the kids dropped the ball, probably went down to get it and upset them, you know. That's oh. what I came up with myself, you know. Yeah, that sounds like it. The, the 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 ball got kicked into their area, and someone yeah. ran in after it, as is the most natural thing in the world. And all hell broke loose. All hell broke loose, yeah. And there was just the, the, the screaming and the kids, and the, it was just yeah, yeah, it was surreal. To be fair, now you know, like I said, I've never I've I've seen a lot of wasps around restaurants, you no know, in bins and stuff. You know that kind of yes, yes, yes. mad. This yeah. is mad, and there was just the noise, you know. Yeah. It was yeah. crazy, you know. Yeah. About what time of the day was it, James? What was it about half three? Yeah. Half three, come up to four o'clock. Warm part of the day, so good. All right. yeah. Frightening. And another one worry you'd have in that circle, a wasp sting is never a nice thing to get, but that someone would have a flipping anaphylactic reaction to it or something. Yeah, exactly. That's what my wife was saying. She said, because we were telling her about home because she got the story about 17 off Katie last night. <laughs> <laughs> you know? 
uh, it was a child and the, the kid that got stung, stung in the head was something that that's actually dangerous. He got multiple stings in his head, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, w- I was just thinking about him, but I didn't hear no more about him anyway. But I presume they're okay, you know. Okay. I hope they are. Anyway. We hope so. so some, someone yeah. may someone may know. James, thank you for that. That's James Toomey from the Boys and Girls of Nucca Facebook page. Out for a walk, Ballincollig Regional Park. Swarm of wasps yesterday afternoon. Were you there? The little lad who got stung in the head a few times. We'd love to know is he all right? Because the worst thing that can happen with these is someone will get a, an anaphylactic shock from multiple stings. I hate them. I'm ter- I haven't been stung by a wasp. Oh, God, it's a long time. I was stung by a wasp when I was playing golf. I was about 21 or 2, and I was out playing golf. I haven't been stung by a wasp since. I don't ever want to be stung by a wasp again. I flipping hate the things. There are those out there activists and animal rights people who nearly give them the flipping vote. But I would never want to see one again if it was too soon. Uh, anyone out there in Ballincollig yesterday spot that swarm of wasps? And particularly if that young lad that got strung a few times in the head, is he all right? And, and is there anything you can do? I don't suppose there is. You can, I mean, are there experts who can go in and find the nest and take it away or what? Because that's dangerous. Children are playing ball and running around there playing in the sunshine. That's dangerous. I wonder, is anything been done about that? 1850 715 996. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life, and health insurance. CMIG.ie. Cork loves the arts. We do too. That's why we bring you the Arts House. Every Sunday on Cork's 96FM. Who could have imagined, despite theatres and cinemas being closed, the Arts House would be as busy as ever? Maybe we can't send you for nights out, but each week we bring you the latest news from our vibrant and creative communities all around Cork. Whether it's tips for the best live gigs online, new initiatives from Cork's writers and musicians, or great ideas for sitting at home and exploring galleries in the virtual world, join Elmarie Moore and Connor Tallon as we work to support and keep the arts alive in Cork. The Arts House. Mornings 8 to 10 with Griffin's Potatoes, feeding Cork families with delicious Griffin's New Seasons Queens. Find them on Facebook at Griffin's Potatoes. Cork's 96 FM. There's an important date today uh, for public submissions for the new uh, work to be done at Parky Cueve. Today is the closing date for submissions on the controversial new development of car parks on public land down by uh, Croke Park. In June, I was speaking to Bara, the Ballon Temple Residence Association, Ballon Temple and Area Residence Association, speaking to Colm O'Leary from Bara, and he went through with me back in June uh, some of the objections that they have to the development of two car parks uh, down near Parky Cueve. Hello, and Dave. Sorry, sorry about that. Here we go. Parky Cueve want to further develop car parking facilities at Parky Cueve to the east and west of the 4G pitch um, that is in place at the moment. I suppose our problem as local um, residents is that that area is highly used. There was before uh, the vaccination centre came up anyway as a local amenity for kids. Uh, we know there's very little open spaces here for kids to play soccer, football, stuff like that, tag. And it was uh, in use every day. 
uh, by multiple families, um, always different people showing up, great atmosphere down there, and we don't want to lose that local amenity. Now, there's a wonderful park currently being developed. I, I drive past it frequently. It's going to be remarkable when it's done. So won't there be play areas in there for kids? There will. There'll be additional play areas in there, absolutely. But there's over a 1,000 units being developed at the Marquis site um, in the next couple of years, probably the next five years. There's going to be a huge uh, requirement for more open spaces. And we put forward the case that you know we need more spaces rather than less. We need open spaces for everyone to enjoy it. Um, as per the Marina Park Development Plan, which was approved by the Council and all executives multiple years ago, this is a part of that. Multiple open spaces for people to enjoy. Okay, that's Colm O'Brien from the uh, Ballon Temple Area Residents Association talking to me in June about their problems with the proposed development of those two uh, car parks. The closing date for submissions is today. Michael O'Flynn, developer Michael O'Flynn, is also Director of Park Equip. Michael, good morning to you. Good morning, teacher. Critics have said that this is another land grab by the GAA. Okay, it's time to nail this one. It is not a land grab. This is anything but a land grab. This is a serious attempt by Cork GEA and Parky Keane Stadium Board to rectify a number of deficiencies that are there. Then we're not asking for a transfer of public land. We're actually going to be developing a car park that we will be using somewhat, but the public will be using it probably every single day, with the exception of big match days and some concerts. So let's get this clear once and for all. This is not a land grab, okay? Why is more car parking needed down there anyway? Good question. The reality of the situation is a stadium like this evolves given the scale of what was developed there. At the time of the planning being granted and the construction taking place, it was envisaged in that there would be more car parking in the city plan for that area on that site. But for whatever reason that car parking hasn't actually happened. We, there's a fantastic job being done by Cox City Council in the Marina Park. And we have a situation at this moment in time, TJ, and it's a very serious situation. And it's something I experienced firsthand when I was involved in the Miller match. And indeed, the Little Miller match, and I spoke to you yeah. at the time of that. The reality was, we, have, we were having a capacity stadium. When you have a large crowd down, at Parky Keys, not even full capacity. You do not, you don't have, you can't use the parking around the stadium. So you don't have very few, 25 I think in total, disability spaces that can be used with the stadium. Mm-hmm. That's because the fire officer, even though there's planning there, and even though it can be used for most events down there, but when it comes to the larger events, we, we do not have disability spaces. And that, that gap has been plugged by by um, local landowners, including the Marquis site and now owned by Glenvay, and others ha- have provided that uh, um, temporary measure. So we have a situation at this moment in time, and it's not a good situation. That we have over 100 disability seats in the stadium, yes, and we cannot provide those people with a, a, a parking space adjacent. Look. Might, might the time to have been thinking about that, Michael? Might that have been the time when you were designing the stadium, as in putting that number of okay. disabilities okay. And, and, and have adequate parking for those people? Well, 
I was just going to say, plainly, that's not good enough. But equally, I can understand some of the frustrations, and you've just gone there with me on, on the question. The reality is that fire officer approval is something that evolves over time. It isn't something that can be totally anticipated when you lodge a planning application. Um, I would accept the criticism that this should have been anticipated back then. But if the parking that was planned for the general area happened, perhaps this proposal by us wouldn't be absolutely necessary. Now, now just we're, to we're think, on, on a big day, something that just pops into mind okay. here, on a big day, we know that the fire evacuation and crowd plan, you can't actually park around the stadium, correct? That's correct. On a big day. So on a big day, Michael, you could open the two existing car parks, or one of them anyway, where you've got a hundred and odd spaces purely for disability card no, holders. You no, can solve your problem that way. No, you can't, because we, 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 I went into this at the time with the fire officer from the Leah Miller match. So I have personal experience of this. But the GA have gone into it multiple times. The, the fire officer will not allow any parking in that area up to up beyond 25 or 26 spaces. So, but the fire officer's situation evolves as well from experience of looking at what's happening down there. I mean, they don't just grant fire approval and not monitor and see what's happening. So this is a problem that's there, whether we like it or not. Whether it should have been anticipated or not, that's another matter. I, you know, mm. I, I think, no, I, think what, I think people might fail to understand is, and we'll we go through it very simply. You said that you need more access for mobility, and that's fine. We, well, we, we, I'm, I'm we, giving that as one. I, I'm sure, but that. let's focus but on that for I'm a minute. Also, okay, but Take the thing. You ha- you, is, are you saying to me that the fire officer? Just a moment, just a moment, Michael. Are you saying okay. to me that the fire officer won't allow you to use your existing car park spaces for mobility parking on the day of a big event? Correct, and understandably because of 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 the issues he has to deal with. Okay. Okay. And there are also other issues, other reasons we can discuss. So I don't want anyone saying, oh, we're using the disability situation. This is a real problem. We've tried to resolve this, but when people put in submissions and completely ignore this issue, that is not fair. I mean, when when I was involved in the Miller match, we ended up hiring golf bogeys from Kildare to make sure that all the people with disability got to the event that was unique at the time. Sure. We, we, that's not a situation that's practical and can be achieved because the site at that time was the Marquis site. It's now sold for residential. So this is a problem. It's not just, this is a society problem down there that we have to face up yeah. to. In fairness to, to the GA, but also the City Council, I think, understand that. So here's a planning application. We are trying to resolve it. There is an area of land that... You know, I don't mind the fair debate, PJ, as you know, on any subject, but there's an area of land behind the 4G pitch, and people are now um, exaggerating the plans for it and exaggerating the use of it. You know, it, it, there actually wasn't any use un, until, until we made this application. There was a playground show there, shown there way back in the past, and we have now proposed one behind the... the um, Blackrock Gold adjacent to the Atlantic Pond. So we're dealing with that issue, and we're mm. even though even though that playground I think has long since been abandoned in favour of, of areas nearer the city. Perhaps, perhaps not. I'm not going to go into a debate about that. But there's an area of ground there that's going to benefit the car, the public hugely. Not just 
the disability, the day of big matches and concerts, not just the Parky Keith Stadium board in terms of business centre or indeed the odd conference or event that might be on there. But this is a critical piece of infrastructure for the region. This is the most significant piece of infrastructure outside mm. of Greater Dublin. And we have to make it work. And I wasn't involved back at day one of this, but I've been involved a couple of years now. We're looking at it. We have a plan. We're trying to make the plan work, PJ. And, and, and who will is, park there then? Or who do you envisage will park there then on the day that there's not an event? The public. You go down there. And did you do feasibility as to the demand for that? Wait, there's a massive demand for it. You go down there at this moment in time. I've gone down there just to drive down around to understand it before we made the application. Before the marina park was, was, was or the marina was pedestrianised, subject to the parking key traffic only. And like, there, there's, there are cars not parked thrown everywhere. And I mean thrown everywhere. And I've driven down the marina on Saturday mornings during the lockdown just to get a feel for the public reaction. How dare I drive, even though that was the only vehicle access to parking key at, at this moment and at that time. So the public have bought into the pedestrianisation proposal by Cox City Council, which I think is a really good one. But mm-hmm. you have to face the reality of that being closed. Yeah. We're proposing two entrances. It, they're currently being used for the vaccination process. Thousands of, a couple of thousand cars a day. Like, we're not doing anything here. And sure, I, would, sure, I wouldn't sure. be part of anything that isn't properly planned. And, and the existing spaces that the, car, that the park has, which I think, if I'm doing my maths correct, is just over 200. Would that yeah. be right? Correct. So, on, again, on a, on a non-match or non-event day... Uh, could the public use those if the GAA was feeling philanthropic? I believe they could, and I I absolutely believe they could. But let's be clear, if the Summers Union has a match on as well, there may have to be some some restrictive access, and I don't want to mislead anyone here. But in ordinary days, I'm saying that that has to open up to the public, as Mm -hmm. well as us getting this this new park area and, and this entrance, which will specifically deal with the problem we have on disability but also the second entrance which would be the conference entrance I mean we're proposing a visitor centre this is a tourist attraction we're proposing here in terms of a museum in terms of visitor experience tours of the stadium coffee shop or cafe so we have a lot of issues here that are being lost, that are being addressed and put forward as part of a plan, that are being lost just on, on the one aspect that's, a, uh, that's attracting mm. a very negative reaction. And I don't mind people objecting. I'm well used to that, teacher in the business I deal with. Mm-hmm. But let's, let's be fair and open in this discussion. Let's deal with what, what the problems are. People are saying, oh, you can park up at the Shandon Boat Club. You can't put disability people up there because of the ramp. I'm sure you're familiar with the ramp down to yes. the stadium. That's outside the limits. So people can park up there and come down that ramp. So we have a problem. We have discussed the problem at City Council. They are going to consider the application on its merits, but let's all agree to what the issues are and let's have a fair debate about them. And your last message to the Residents Association is, same as my first question to you, this is not a land grab. It is absolutely not a land grab. We do not want a land transfer. It stays in the city ownership. 
I promise you, if there's an audit done after 12 months of this car park being opened, if such a park, if this car park could be granted, I guarantee you the percentage use by the public will dwarf the use by attracted to the stadium. Because if you drive down there at this moment in time, this park, when it's finished, is a fantastic amenity. And guess what? There's nowhere to park unless you park above by, by the Shandon Boat Club or walk down. People tend to park in the most convenient place. That's why you have cars thrown all over the place down there at the moment in a certain fine weather. I understand that because they have nowhere to park. Okay. People don't understand. This car park will be in a, in a unique position, not just for parking keeps issues, but for the general public. And I would debate that mm. with anyone anywhere well, on its merits. The only one last corollary to that then is at a time Michael when we are encouraging people to drive less and perhaps walk more do we need more spaces? Well sorry, we, we need sufficient spaces for the everyday use. I understand the point you're making but if we're marketing this which we are going to be marketing nationally and indeed for the feed. We cannot have a situation where we tell people, you stay in a hotel in Cork City and guess what, you need to walk down to Parky Keys. But that's not realistic. Mm-hmm. It's just not realistic. Okay. It, it, we don't have the, the transport method that other major cities have that we're all familiar with in the UK, Europe, or indeed even in Dublin. We do not have that in Cork yet. It's proposed. But if we want to successfully develop this stadium and deal with the situation, we have some debt, we have a business plan, we have to have appropriate parking for the kind of uses that are going to make the stadium work. This stadium is not just a GA asset, this is a Cork asset, this is a regional asset that we should be all trying to make work better. All right, Michael, we shall speak again. Uh, Michael O'Flynn, developer Michael O'Flynn, director of Parky Cueve, on that controversial new plan. Submissions close this evening. It is what it is. It'll work out as it works out. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. Cork's Gold Imro Award winning sports show. Right, right here. The score on Cork's 96FM. Join me, Trevor Welch, Sundays from 2 for the best music mix and all the latest sport as Cork City and Cove Rambras look to advance in the FAI Cup and Manchester United, Tottenham and Leeds are all in Premier League action. Join Trevor Welch for the score this Sunday from 2 p.m. With Firebird Heating Solutions. If you're building, think of the Firebird Air Source Heat Pump with underfloor heating and heat recovery. See firebird.ie. On Cork's 96 FM. Asked you about communions and confirmations and whether they're going ahead and whether they're being cancelled and the amount of confusion that remains out there. Margaret says my grandson's going into fourth class in Ballincollig, still hasn't made his first Holy Communion. It's been cancelled a number of times. Wow. I'm assuming in that case he would have been doing it maybe last May, 12 months, and was supposed to... Wow. Uh, Glasheen confirmations cancelled on the 15th of September. That's from Josephine. We will check up later on with the diocesan office to see what the story is. We know that Neffet have now said, and that's the latest update from Neffet, that pretty much everything should be lifted in the next six weeks um, with regard to 
restrictions. So whether that will include, I'm assuming it will include communions and confirmations. We are expecting a document on Wednesday, is it? Tuesday, Wednesday, after the Cabinet meeting uh, and a speech from the Taoiseach, which will outline to us where we're going on many different fronts. But very anxious parents and kids around at the moment because some of them have been cancelled two, three and four times at this stage. We have dresses that were bought last May and have been grown out of confirmation suits bought last year and have now been well and truly grown out of. Things have been cancelled multiple times. Money has been wasted because when you can't, when you book something, you've got to pay money. And people are very, very frustrated. So we'll try and clarify it later in the morning. First day at school, some people were in yesterday, some kiddies are going off today, some kiddies are going off tomorrow, some are waiting until Monday. It's a big, big day in their life and in the life of the parent. And I often wondered, when you see the pictures of them tottering off up in their little uniform or their little tracksuit with their little bag and their little lunchbox and they're going off into school, who's more stressed? (laughs) Is it the child? Or mammy, or daddy, or the teacher, wondering what kind of tearaways are coming into her for the first time now, or into him for the first time now. Sandra O'Mara is the coordinator of the Cork City Council, including delivery of the Incredible Years Programme. Long title, Sandra. Good morning to you. Morning. How are you? Good. It's a stressful time, but for whom in particular would you think? I think it's I well as a parent myself I would say you know um we're we we probably are most stressed and then the kids can pick up on it and one of the things I would always say to parents is you know breathing is free and I would always you know even myself do deep breaths now before they go back in the morning ground myself get myself up that little bit earlier so I'm ready so then that I'm not rushing so so that they you know the kids then are calm and everything is calm in the house do you know what, what are I mean? you worrying about I suppose, looking back to my own kids' first day, you're worrying about, you know, will they be okay? Will there be tears? Um, will the teacher mind them? These are all very normal questions that, you know, as a parent, you're handing your child over to, to somebody. And what I would say is, you know, the teachers will absolutely mind them. Um, they will they will manage any tears or any worries. Um, and nine times out of ten, they'll be absolutely fine, you know. So it's about you being confident yourself when you... I suppose, bring them into the school and, you know, mummy, will see you later. You're going to have a great day with Miss Murphy and you're going to be doing your painting or whatever and then you smile and, and, and off you go. But obviously it's a little bit different now with COVID. You know, you would have been in the classroom with them and there would have been a, a bit of a handing over period. So some of the tips that I would be saying for people that are starting, you know, talk about the school and talk about what's going to happen in the morning. So, you know, we'll be coming up to the door, Miss Murphy will be meeting us and you're going to go in with your class because the school will have given you that information so you can let them know this is what will happen and then mummy or daddy will be collecting you afterwards and I'll be outside and you greet them with a big smile and I'm so happy to see Mm. you. So it's letting them know what will happen, you know, because we all like to know what's going to happen. So when, when children know this is the sequence of events, it's very helpful for them. It's probably the first time since they were born that they've been away from you for more than an hour unless they were being babysat or something. Yeah, and look, it's a big big step. Um, The first day in preschool and the first day in school, it is a big step. And it is about, 
I suppose, reassuring them and reassuring yourself, you'll have met the preschool or you'll have, you'll have chosen the school they're going to. You'll have had some sort of an open day. I know our local school brought the parents and the children in separately, you know, in the evening so they could see the classroom. So you'll have been in and you'll be able to kind of talk them through. You remember your classroom, you know, you remember your teacher, you remember the lovely paintings on the wall. You'll be doing all of that and staying calm. The other thing I would say as well is it's about getting a routine in. And I find in my house, um, and I would talk to parents about this, whiteboards are the stick on blackboards where you can kind of draw pictures or write down, you know, in the morning we get dressed first and they can tick it off. They love that, mm. you know, brushing my teeth, tick it off. And then as they've that done, then they know they're getting closer to heading out the door for school as well. And it's, it's again, it's knowing what comes next. It's natural for mum and for dad to be worried and possibly a bit tearful. Don't let them see that. No, and that's why I always say breathing is free. I mean, if you can kind of ground yourself, few deep breaths, the same coming up to the school in the morning, few deep breaths, you know, big smiles, you know, you're going to have a great day. I'm so excited to hear about what you, you know, how your day went and we'll go for a lovely orange juice afterwards. You can tell me all about it and, you know, hand them over and try and hand them over as quickly as you can. Don't don't hang around. Do you know what I mean? So hand them over to the teacher and see you later. Big smiles and away you go. It takes, how long do you reckon it takes for them to settle? Uh, some, sometimes they settle in 10 minutes and sometimes they don't settle for a day or two. How long is it before parents settle though? <laughs> I think once the kids are settled, to be honest, the mums and dads will settle, you know. Um, I think um, if you've handed your child over to a childminder previously, you'll, you'll, you'll be used to the fact that maybe, you know, the first few days, um, it takes a while for the child to get used to the new routine, you to get used to the new routine. And it will be the same here. And also, we have to remember, everybody's going to be tired the first week or two back. You know, we've had the summer off, maybe bedtimes have been a bit later, or the routine is changing. So it's really about being gentle on all of ourselves. You know, don't put too much pressure on yourself. Allow the routine to sink in. But usually most kids are, they'll skip in now you know, quite happily because they'll have done preschool before or they may have been in crash or they may have been with a childminder. But it's just about giving yourself the time to mm. allow it all to settle. And it will take a week or two to get that routine up and running and get used to, you know, there'll be homework, there'll be different things to have to be done, even collecting after school. All of that's a new add-on to, to what would be your routine. Mm. I know it's probably a bit late now because they're actually going this day or tomorrow or Monday. Should you put on the little uniform for a day or for an hour beforehand to get them comfortable in it because it's the first time in their lives that I've had to dress formally for anything I would try it on I would try it on for a number of reasons first of all so they can see themselves and you can you know you can say look how amazing you look in your uniform and you know but also practicing so you know for the junior infants practicing if they're you know the, the pants for the boys will pull up and down anyway just make sure you know that they're able to do all of that so that they can be as independent as possible in the classroom that they know how to put their jacket on and take it off. The same with putting the bag on the back and mm. taking it off. I would practice, you know, you can take a few pictures and tell them how brilliant they are for doing it. So I, w- I, would, I would do that. Come here, is it time, Sandra? Uh, just a separate thought of mine. Is it time to look at the whole uniform thing anyway? I mean, is it, isn't it just ridiculous to be putting little five-year-olds into, into uniforms? I know a lot of schools are just doing the tracksuits now yeah. for juniors and senior infants, and I think that's a great idea. It's easier. They're easier to keep clean. Um, but on the other side, you know, I suppose I have three school-going kids. They all wear uniforms, and it does take away from the fact that there's nobody looking at who has what clothes. So it takes that pressure away. There's pros and cons. 
isn't there? Right. How many years have we discussed that one? Sandra, thank you very much. Sandra O'Mara, the Rapid Coordinator of Cork City Council, including delivery of the Incredible Years programme. It's a busy and a stressful couple of days. A couple of poems you can find. Fiona gave me one earlier on this morning, but I found this. Um, I've often told you how I hate Pinterest, but every so often it's, it's useful. Right? And I found this. I'll read Fiona's one maybe later on, but you like this, I think. I gave you a wink and a smile as you entered my room today. I know how hard it is to leave and know your child must stay. You've been with him for five years now and have been his loving guide. But now, alas, the time has come to leave him by my side. Just know that as you drive away and tears down your cheek may flow, I love him as I would my own and help him learn and grow. For as a parent, I too know how quickly the years pass. And I know how hard it is to take my child to class. So take this picture, hold it tight, and cry those tears no more. For I will love him and care for him when you leave him at my door. That's called the first day. You'll find loads of them there. That probably got a lump in a few throats this morning. I love the dirtboards. The dirtboards are a comedy duo. And they're on Facebook and they're on loads of other platforms as well and they do shows around the country. They do sketches on their own take on real Irish life. And I love the dirtboards. So here are the dirtboards on the first day of school. Hello, I'm Dee from Dundalk. I'm Andrea from RD. Now today we're going to give some tips to mother on the first day back to school. Tip one, don't bother wearing foundation to the school gate. Just put on a tiny little bit of BB cream. Why? Because you will have a natural glow at the thoughts of getting rid of those little feckles for the next six hours. You won't have to listen to the whinging and the whining and the fighting with each other all the time. You're just going to have peace. We would also recommend that you create a spa day for yourself when the kids are in school. Maybe run a lovely warm bath for yourself. Maybe a wee mud mask or A something. wee glass of Prosecco. We would say, most importantly, to enjoy the time that you have. Because unfortunately, it won't be long till they're in your face, wrecking your head all over again. Now, I don't know which side of the discussion you're on. Are you on the side of the lovely poems? Or are you on the side of the dirtboards when they're starting school. The first day is so exciting as we welcome all things new, but it can be a day of stress and uneasy feelings too. For all this time you've loved your child and been his loving guide. Now it's time to walk away and leave him at my side. And as you drive away, be proud of how he's learned and grown and know that I will care for him as if he were my own. Are you on that side? Or are you looking at the back of the fridge and looking at that bottle of Prosecco and going, oh, just one little glass? Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie. <laughs> The Cork's 96FM music panel gives you the power to pick our playlist. Click 96FM.ie now. 96FM.ie now. Take the 10-minute survey and you could win a 100-euro shopping voucher. The power to pick what we play. Pick what we play. 
Join the Quirks 96 FM music panel. Find the link on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Find the link on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Or see 96fm.ie. The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 1850-715-996. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Do you know what I forgot at 9 o'clock? I, as a dog owner, I, I should be ashamed of myself. Today is International Dog Day. So it is. So pamper your pooch a little bit today give him a little bit of proper meat remind that old stuff in the tin give him a bit of proper meat today and a little treat for them Harry and Bella will get a little treat mind them two dogs live privileged lives anyway they get treats every day I live with someone who puts butter on dog biscuits to give them to the dogs do you know what I mean she's soft on them International Dog Day pamper your pooch a little bit today Tim O'Connor on Twitter says there's a park and ride facility provided by the city. Let the GAA use that and comply with the existing planning first, like providing the bike parking they're meant to provide. A car park, he says, won't beat Limerick. A car park won't develop players to beat Limerick. A city park where kids can get active and develop baseline fitness, that will help develop players to beat Limerick, says Tim. Another Tim, though, Tim Brosnan, says I think Michael O'Flynn and the GA are right on this one. Parking is needed close to Parky Cueve. Uh, it's needed in the big match days and concert days, but also for the wider public who will be visiting the new parks from the wider city and the county. The payback is public parking for all. The land is not transferring. And Senator Jerry Buttermer on Twitter says good interview by Michael Flynn. time for a balanced debate on Parky Cueve uh, City Council need to successfully develop it with GA it'll be a Cork asset closing date for submissions is today at 5 o'clock which is why we touched on it this morning 1850 could you be addicted to your phone could you be I would safely say half the world these days is addicted to its phone. Like, here's five questions for you, okay? Is your phone your constant companion in the bathroom? Do you get anxious when you forget your phone? Do you scroll mindlessly, losing hours out of the week? Do you check your phone in the middle of the night? Do you text walk? One, two, three, four, five questions. If you can answer yes to any or all of those, I guess you're you're exactly that. You're addicted to your phone. Dr. Clodagh Campbell, good morning to you. Good morning. How are you doing? Because the wellness psychologist, Dr. Clodagh Campbell. I think definitely I would plead guilty on a couple of them. Oh, well, I would plead guilty <clears throat> on a couple of them myself. You know, I think... That, as you said, most of us are on our phones constantly these days, aren't we? Mm. Well, it's where, you, it's where I get my newspapers in the morning. It's where I check in with my crew first thing in the morning. So it's, 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 it's both a work device for me. It's where I read. It's, you know, it's, it's an essential part. So can mm. you be addicted to something that's essential? I think, yes. You know, 
technology creators have made want us to stay on our phones and want us to stay on our you know iPads and all the rest for as long as possible and they want us to constantly want the newest models so they're creating a world where everything is at our fingertips because it's you know financially um, success it's making millions of money for them so we're on our phones all the time and it's become this way of life that we don't even really think about anymore do we you know there's lots of people as you said that read the news on their phones out of convenience um, there's lots of people that do their work emails on their phones. There's lots of people. I check my little girl is in crash. I check how she's doing throughout the day on my phone. So it's my phone. It's constantly in my hand. And I imagine lots of people listening would say the same. And there's lots of times that I check my phone that I really shouldn't. You know, if I'm in the middle of having a conversation with somebody and my phone flashes, like I will glance to see what it is a lot of the time. Or, you know, there's lots of people that, you know, might be in the car and the phone flashes and, you know, they'd probably be lying to themselves if they didn't say that they would glance over at it. So lots of us are checking our phones when we probably shouldn't as well. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we are. Do do you find yourself checking your phone at a time when there's absolutely no prospect that anyone is messaging you at all? Yes, yeah. (laughs) And you know what? An interesting fact is that over half of phone checks, so, you know, that you, you pick up your phone happen within three minutes of the last one. And it's because, again, we're so addicted. So it might be, you know, half 11 at night time and I'm going to bed and I've already checked it 15 minutes before and I've brushed my teeth and I've, you know, washed my face, whatever. And I might check it one last time, but who's going to be texting me at half 11, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact is we do this because what, it's all related to this reward system in our brain. You've probably heard of dopamine. So... Mm-hmm. Our brain releases dopamine every time we do something that's good for us. That's what it was originally set up for. So every time we eat something that's tastier, every time we exercise, our brain releases dopamine. But it's adapted. So now it's releasing dopamine for lots of other things, like when we check our phone or we see something positive or rewarding on our phone. So every time we get a text message, every time we're on social media and our post gets a like or a comment, dopamine is released in our brain and that feels really positive mm. and every time our brain releases dopamine it it seeks out more of it so the more we release the more we want and that's why we're constantly checking the phones, mm. checking our social media, seeing what's going on when the screen flashes. FOMO Yeah that's it exactly. You know or not, not even not even FOMO there's a kind of a thing now where messaging is so instant uh, that yeah. the minute you see, particularly with WhatsApp, say, the two blue ticks on the WhatsApp, you're there going, okay, answer me. You've yeah. seen it. You've yeah. read it. Answer <laughs> me. Answer me. Like yeah. We've lost all patience. And I'm, I speak as convicted, Your Honour. Do you know what I mean? We all, we <laughs> yeah. all do. But it's not actually good for us, though, is it, Cloda? No, it's not. And we, we're so reliant on our phones that, and so addicted to our phones that we miss out on the world around us. You know, in those original posts that I shared on my Instagram, I was saying, I have two little girls. The amount of time that they're vying for my attention, my head is stuck in my phone. Or the amount of times that I'm walking down the street or walking, you know, by something beautiful and my head is stuck in my phone and I'm not, I'm missing out on the world around me. And so many of us are that way, you know. We miss out on connection. We miss out on nature. We miss out on all the good stuff, you know, all yeah. the important stuff. And because our heads are on the phone. It can also, and I think that there's a serious side to this as well, because 
we've all got stories about how they make us absent-minded and like you said they interrupt conversations that they shouldn't we've all ended up apologising to the people we're with oh sorry I need to check this but it can and you mentioned the dopamine it can and it does become a real actual addiction in some people yeah and as well as being addiction you know phone use is also linked to things like depression anxiety stress um yeah, so it, it can cause a huge problem. And the thing I want to say is there might be people listening and they might feel like, oh God, as you said, guilty is charged. This conversation isn't to make people feel bad about themselves. It's just to say we all do it. And just to have a think. You know, sometimes I need to remind myself and I'm a psychologist, you know, do I want to do this? Do I want to continue checking my phone at half 11 at night? And do I want to sleep with it by my pillow? Do I want to miss out on the connection with my little girls? Mm. And I do. You know, I'm saying that loud and clear. I do. And I know myself that just like lots of other people that I probably need to decrease my phone use as well. The other thing is true. I read this years ago. I watched a piece on a documentary about it on my phone. Um, The light behind the screen in modern smartphones, that actually triggers dopamine itself. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Mm. And, you know, that that reminds me as well of another thing. Phone use really impacts our sleep too. You know, we're on our phones up to the minute that we're going to bed and then we wonder why we find it hard to switch off at night time. So it links to a whole lot of things that cause problems for us. Mm. So how can we maybe stay a bit, stay away from our phone uh, for a while, now and again, and just can you have rules and regulations and if you have them, can you follow them? Good question. So, I suppose the first thing to consider is is this a difficulty for me? Do I use my phone too much and if so, do I actually want to change it? If the answer is yes and yes, then it's about making really small changes because we know that if you kind of go hell for leather and if you try to make too many changes too quickly you're not going to be successful so it's about making really small changes when you're ready to do so so for example if you're guilty of checking your phone within the first five minutes of waking up like 69 percent of people are it's about thinking okay well maybe i won't check it straight away i might go to the loo first or i might say hello to my family first or i might leave it for 10 minutes even So making small changes or, for example, leaving it outside your bedroom at nighttime. Having your bedroom kind of a a phone-free zone, that would be a really good kind of goal to aim for, but getting there really, really slowly. Another good way could be to take time off your phone, consciously design periods of time where you're not on it. So, you know, on a Saturday morning for a couple of hours, read the paper, have a coffee, play with the kids and lock your mm. phone or even just put your phone in another read, room. Or read an door. actual paper. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, if, if people ask themselves, what do they really enjoy? What brings them joy? You know, it's probably the feel of the paper in their hand, having a slow, leisurely read of it over croissants and coffee. It's not like scrolling through it, you mm. know, on the Lewis on your way into work. Mm. Um, so you yeah, have periods of time away from your phone sometimes what I do and it works really well is I'll give my phone to my husband and say to him hide that now for the day I don't want to know where it is because then I'm not tempted to go looking for it you know if Mm. something pops into my head Mm, another way we can (laughs) another way we can reduce our phone use is to take away the apps you know so take away Instagram take away Facebook 
so that they're not on our phone screen and it's not really convenient for us to go into it. So you have to actually go into Safari, you have to search for it. And that means that we'll like mindlessly scroll less. I know I'm a devil for picking up my phone, going into Instagram. And before I know it, it's 20 minutes later. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've just been mindlessly scrolling. Oh, um, you get the screen time report once a week and you go, yeah, joking me, that's got to be wrong. Yeah, I know. It's shocking, isn't it? And that's another tip. Set up those reports or set up there's apps and there's things you can put on your phone that limit your time on your phone as well. So, yeah, there's lots of ways that we can manage how much we use our phones. I suppose it's about deciding that you want to really. That's the first step. Mm. I think what it is, it's it's almost an extension of, of your hand, of your brain. Of, for example... Uh, I've been doing this job a long time. 20 years ago, I had a thousand phone numbers in my head. Any public (laughs) official that I dealt with, anybody I ever had to find or interview, I had their numbers in my head. And I got to tell you, that's down now to a small handful of numbers. I literally have stopped committing stuff to memory because I don't need to. It's all in my phone. That's not good for me and that's not good for a future generation learning like that. There, I, I, My biggest problem with phones, I think, Cloda, despite the, besides the addiction, they're killing our memory. Yeah. What about maths? How often <sighs> do we pick up a phone to calculate like simple um arithmetic now, not even, you know, something that's complicated. Well, that started in school when they started giving nine-year-olds calculators. That's a whole new discussion. <laughs> so, yeah, you're yeah. right. That's it's so a... convenient for us. Or what about, um, I don't know if you do this, but I do it all the time. You're sitting at home watching a movie on a Saturday night and you think to yourself, oh God, he's really familiar, who's he? And yes. instead of watching the movie, you pick up your phone, you Google your man, you yeah. find out who he is, yeah. you le- you read his Wikipedia, you check who he's married yes. to, <laughs> instead yes. of just sitting and watching the, fo- the movie, you know? What have we seen him in before that can stop the whole yeah. conversation watching the movie? And Amazon have actually done something that makes that even worse. If you pause Amazon in the middle of a movie, it'll give you who's on screen right now. And then you can go looking at what they've been in before. The whole thing is a rabbit hole. I know. And the thing is, they're giving us what we want. I'm sure that's based in research, you know. I'm sure they've it is. realised. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Try and take a, a break every so often is probably the best advice. Try and take an hour or a half a day where you can just ditch the damn thing. And having said that, Cloda, I know full well I won't do anything about it myself. Dr. Cloda Campbell, a psychologist, wellness expert, thank you very much. We're all addicted to our phones. She says, make your phone, make your bedroom a, a, a phone-free zone. I don't know how, I don't know anybody who does that. 1850 in a little while if you've had stuff postponed or cancelled or you just don't know what's happening. We'll see if we can throw any bit of clarity on it later this morning. On International Dog Day, Jill, there's always one 
There is always one owl grouch who accidentally put salt in their tea this morning. Tomorrow is International Wild Pigeon Day. August 8th was International Cat Day. You see how crazy it gets if we start including animals in the days we mark? So what? We all need a bit of crazy. It's dog day today. It was cat day last week. It'll be goldfish day another day. You know, it'll be hedgehog day. Who cares? It's nice. Make yourself another cup of tea in this temple sugar in it. 185715996. We all have heard the importance of discussing consent. It's been a topic for years now. I would say I first started talking about consent and discussing the concept of consent and the need for consent and the need to understand consent and the need to teach our youngsters about consent. It would be five, maybe six years ago now. Yeah. Interesting concept happening at UCC as part of their bystander intervention program. They're going to use Love Island as a basis for discussing discussing consent, relationship and societal problems. Tough topics, in other words, and consent would be one of them. It might have bad behaviour towards each other. The bystander programme is it, it deals with all of these things. Maeve McTaggart and Alana Daly Mulligan join me now. Maeve and Alana, good morning to you. Morning, Hi, how are you? Hi, yeah. I'll start with you, Alana. We talked before, I think. Um, yes. What is the bystander programme? So the bystander programme um, works to expand students' knowledge of consent um, and work towards making, I suppose, university campuses and then Ireland at large a safer place for... Could you get a tiny bit closer to your phone, maybe? Oh, no worries. <laughs> um, so it's working to increase students' understanding of bystander intervention awareness techniques um, so that they can st- stand up, step in and speak out if the need arises. And maybe what is bystander intervention? It sounds like literally walking up and saying behave yourself to someone. Is that as simple as it is? In a way, it's really having the skills to identify and respond to situations that you might see. It doesn't have to always be walking up to someone and saying, cough on, but it can be as simple as using your body language or maybe showing a a bouncer or a taxi driver what's happening. Or even my personal favourite is going up to someone and just saying, hi, how are things? How are you getting on? Just pretending that you know them just to remove them from that situation. So it doesn't always have to be something confrontational. Right. It's just a way to point out that this behaviour it's not really good enough. It is a bit problematic. And, to have and you don't actually have to say that. If you just literally see something up ahead of you on the road and say, that that girl or that fella doesn't look very comfortable, walk by. How are you getting on? Is he for ages? You break, you break the conversation. Exactly, exactly. Right, right. So what kind of things does a good bystander look out for, Alana? So we, we offer a five, like five workshops um, to students so that they, they complete an online course and um, we, we train them up then afterwards in um, techniques and how to how to break the break the situation so like Maeve was saying you know intervening um, in, in a way that's perhaps not as confrontational as it usually would be you're looking at things like looking for signs like gaslighting so that's what we're doing with the bystander talks and analysing Love Island's 
behaviour on telly. So um, it's looking for things like gaslighting or negging. Um, or Hold on a second. So I've heard of gaslighting. What's negging? So negging is, uh, you know, it, it's also something that's quite common when people are dating and it kind of goes under the radar. So it would be something whereby um, a person would would give you a compliment but it's backhanded and what it does is it basically the person who's been given the backhanded comment um, will become more vulnerable and it can really harm people's self-esteem and make them more susceptible to um, the the behaviour of the perpetrator so um, it might seem like a small thing but it's, it's something that should be corrected um, because it can lead to would you, have, would you have maybe an example? So on Love Island uh, recently um, Liberty was with Jake and Jake was giving her backhanded compliments um, and undermining her but she knew her self-worth so she was able to um, to confront him about it and say this behaviour isn't on, it's not right. Mm-hmm. And gaslighting then, Maeve, explain what that is. Very com- it's a very common term now, so... Yeah. Exactly, yeah, so it came a lot in Love Island as well, kind of in 2016 is when even I would have heard the word when I was watching Love Island when I was in sixth year. So it's kind of questioning someone's memory of events or maybe trivialising their feelings about something. So say Love Island this year, Liam came back from Casa Moore and was talking to Millie about what he was kind of up to. And she was very upset about it, but he kept saying, you're being really dramatic. That didn't happen. This didn't happen. Kind of making someone feel like their version of events is nearly wrong, that their memory is nearly wrong. So just as Alana said with the other, Mm. it's really undermining someone's confidence. Isn't that just arguing though? It's kind of a bit more cynical than that in a way that it's quite deliberate in a relationship that it's quite toxic and it's affecting, I suppose. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. Plushcare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Power imbalance in a relationship where someone may feel that they are maybe less sure of themselves because of this, or they maybe make, might come into themselves more because they feel like their opinion is mm. not as valued as the other person's. Well, I'm sure we, we've all in our, in our relationships and our lives we've all had a situation where two people in a relationship have a different memory of what happened in the situation. 
So that's difficult because, you know, who's right and who's wrong kind of thing. Yeah, well, hundred percent. Based on something that's like very would be very consistent. Do you know, it's different. Kind okay, of it becomes habitual, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Okay. Now you've all quoted incidents with with Love Island and all of that, and you want to use it as part of the bystander intervention to maybe you know show examples to people of the kind of behaviour we should be on the lookout for. But isn't Love Island very far removed from reality anyway? Alana? You, well, I suppose in some respects, yes. You know, it's, it is reality television. It's showing a certain angle. But on another hand, like, these are people and their relationships under a microscope. Um, and I think if we reflect, you know, if we look at our own relationships under scope and with such scrutiny, I'm sure you can see similarities. And that's the thing. People relate to these characters on Love Island. They see themselves in them in some respects. And, um it's about making that connection for people. You know, young people between the ages of 18 to 24 are really susceptible to this kind of behaviour. So if they're watching Love Island and they're getting something from it every week and we can give them a small message that says, look, this is what's going on in this relationship and if it's happening to you, that's not acceptable, then we've done what we are setting out to do. So it's a conversation starter. Exactly. Okay. You're not kind of focusing on the incident itself as portrayed but the thoughts it might evoke in somebody. Exactly, exactly. Gotcha, gotcha. So, is this all a social media programme? So we're running it on social media at the moment, but we hope to expand um, more of it, I suppose, into our trainings as well. Um, And, you know, we love to get people involved, so, you know, we're hoping to expand um, the content we're covering. And, you know, Maeve might talk a little bit about that and some of the plans we have. Yeah, go ahead, Maeve. Yeah, so hopefully kind of using it as a conversation starter more, bringing it into kind of movies, say like Promising Young Woman or different reality TV shows, just to get people having the language to identify this behaviour even, as well as being able to then make an intervention because they can now recognise it. Because one of the biggest barriers to intervention is just someone simply not being able to recognise it as problematic and then not having the skills to make that intervention. see. So... You're on Twitter and you're on Instagram at the moment, at Bystander Invention, is that right? At Bystander UCC. At Bystander UCC, okay. And can anybody get involved? Is there a cost involved? So it's free of charge for all students around the country at the moment. So we're rolling it out to all HEIs in the the coming weeks. But if you're not in UCC or at university, we're actually, we're doing a partnership with spunout.ie at the moment. Okay. Um, So if anyone's interested in that, um, you can go to our social media. There's a link in our bio or you can go on to spunout.ie and register um, to to, to take part in the training. And would you hope to sort of bring this into a a more, if you like, a a real life situation where it actually you know, run a class or run a, run an online course or something? So we are running like an online course and there is a, an in-person class as well. Um, so that's what that's what it is. It's not just on social media. So, right. So how can um, people get involved in that end of it? How people, so you either, you register with us um, if you're a UCC student or you regi- register in your HEI um, and if you're not registered in, in a university or in a high level... <laughs> Institute, you can register on Spunout.ie. And is there a lot of interest in it, guys? Um, no. Yeah, I think so. Like, people are, you know, people should learn about this. It's really important. Um, and we've gotten some really good feedback so far. Okay. Who is it more popular with? Boys or girls? Men or women? It's quite split evenly. Um, I think it's 
there is a bit of a misconception that it's more for girls to call out or maybe it's more girls that would be the victims of such things like this but it is very evenly split and mm. it does really help people get rid of the kind of myths and misconceptions they would maybe have yeah. about It's interesting actually do. that there's an even split that's an interesting one Yeah, it's very reassuring I think it's very welcoming that everyone is kind of willing to have this conversation kind of no matter where they're coming from Yeah, okay I never thought, and I, I, I never thought that Love Island would be ever remotely educational. But there you go. <laughs> what did I know? <laughs> Guys, thank you very much, and good luck with it. Maeve McTaggart and Alana Daly Mulligan, a UCC Bystander Intervention Program. You'll find more on their social at Bystander UCC, or go to Spun Out, and you'll find the links there. 1850715996. What did you know? A use for Love Island. An actual use for Love Island. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96 FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life, and health insurance. CMIG.ie. Access all areas on Cork's 96 FM. Your guide to nightlife on Leaside. Hi, it's Michael here with an update on Cork's Entertainment. Irish hip hop star Nilo today announces a one year anniversary tour for his Choice Music nominated debut album, All the Leaves Are Falling. Tickets are now on sale for the Cork show coming up, which takes place on September the 8th at Cypress Avenue. Access all areas. Eddie Reader is perhaps Scotland's greatest living female voice, and in 2022, she celebrates her 40th year on stage. The 40 Years Live concert tour comes to the Everyman Theatre on Valentine's Day next, with tickets for the show on sale now. Access all areas. Feel free to let us know at Access All Areas if you have a show, play, or exhibition coming up, or any live streaming events, by emailing us at aaa at 96 6fm.ie Access all areas Your guide to nightlife on the side On Cork's 96FM Right, we've been trying to connect uh, for a few minutes to this and hopefully the line will hold. Pauline, good morning. Good morning, PJ. How are you all? I'm, I'm good. Where are you in my lovely Majorca? I'm in Alcudia, up north. Ah, oh, one of my favourite places in the world. Oh, and my favourite corner as well. Whereabouts are you? Um, we're at Port the end or the beach end? In Alcudia. Yeah. No, we're back. We're not near the beach end. But I have my mobility scooter, so I'm there in five minutes. Good for <laughs> you. Good for you. And this is your first time, first time on your own, is it? First time on my own. Yeah, it's very unusual. I couldn't bring my daughter due to COVID and she's asthmatic, so it was safer to leave her home. Right. So my partner sent me away. Yeah. For two weeks on my own, she's a very nervous teacher. Grand girl, but, um, it's relax. lovely. It was very, um, very strange for the first couple of days. I was a bit kind of fed up and didn't know many people in the hotel. Now I know all the staff who go to the same hotel for five years. Yeah. So everyone has been fantastic. The staff have been brilliant. We've been having great fun. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what hotel is this, Pauline? It's called the Lagomonte, the Bellevue Lagomonte. I know it very well. I know that I know like that my home away from home. Yeah, it's a brilliant spot. It's not the big Bellevue, no, PJ. It's no, it's the, I, I know the one. It's the little one, the, the smaller yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's the, the smaller. smaller yeah. one. It's near. It's near the, Yeah, I know the one. Another one. Just, on just, just mind the mosquitoes on the lake that ate the legs off you. But anyway, you have a little bit of a problem. I don't know if I need to see my neighbours are Welsh, mm. and she came to the balcony this morning. She said she just tested herself for COVID to get home. 
And I said, oh, I don't need to get tested as far as I know. And she said, no, I think you need to get tested going home, so I'm not sure. Mm. Um, I didn't want to cut 96FM off off my um, Google to go search on the government website. <laughs> oh, you're listening to us out there. So, Good for you. So I was listening to you. I have you on morning, noon and night. Good for so, you. I was just hoping that you might know. Do I need, I'm fully vaccinated. I have a COVID cert. Okay. But I'm still unsure if I need. So, so you, you've got your vaccination. Is the cert on your phone or is it in a, in a folded piece of paper? I have both. I have it on the phone and in okay. paper. Okay. Uh, and, yeah. and when are you due to travel, Pauline? Monday. Monday. I play well, home Monday morning. Yeah. Well, we've checked with the travel agent. You're okay. Oh, thank God! You don't need you thank don't God. need a test, um, according to a, tra- a travel expert. You don't need a test because you have your cert. You're going EU to EU. You see, your oh, your your Welsh friend oh, is see, is going out of the yeah, EU. Yeah. Do you see? Yeah, yeah. Brexit, sure. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, so. Oh, so I'm flying it. So I have an extra few bob in my pocket. Please. You're good. You're good. I mean, if you wanted <laughs> to, <laughs> you can. If you, if you wanted to double check, you know that that if it's still there, that big pharmacy right in the centre of the main street there, they'll know. I'm right outside it. They'll yeah, tell I'm you. Right they'll tell you for pharmacy. sure. They'll they'll tell you for absolute sure. They've brilliant English in there. I know it very well. They've bring brilliant English in there. And they'll be able to tell you. But we've checked with the travel agent. You're okay, girl. You've got your cert. And you'll be fine. Lovely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Come here, thanks. Put my mind at it. Not at all. And, and come here, the tra- travelling on your own. They're on your own for a fortnight. Wait, I tell you. Now, you know, my daughter, Emma, we were on, we were on with you there in 2019. Um, she won the Red Cross Award. Ah, yes, of course, the Carers Award. Yeah, you know who we are. Now I know who I have. For God's sake, Pauline, we're old pals. You're there on your own. I normally have her with me, so I'm lost. I'm Mm. lost. Right. But I've started to enjoy myself the last few days, and I'm loving the beach. Yeah. I can lie on the beach and not worry about where's the children, who's killing who, who's who's going to die in the water, and you know, it's a completely different experience on the beach. I'm up there every day. Good, <laughs> good, and a lovely safe That's beach great. it is. Yeah. Do you, yeah, do you venture yeah. into the water or? You... I've uh, and it's my first year coming without my wheelchair, so right. I'm on my legs. Now I do have my mobility scooter over here. It's great. The streets are a little bit quiet, so I'm. I'll get. Uh, I can get to the beach within four or five minutes. Yeah, it's brilliant. So it's great, yeah. you know, so... And were you, a bit, so yeah. were you a bit lonesome at first? I was a bit lonesome. I'm here at the wrong time of year. I should be here in September. And I, we made a lot of friends in the Lagamante down through the years. Yeah. So I'm going to miss all them. I've missed all them in the hotel. But the hotel staff know me for five years and they've been super. I've got my own hotel badge. They gave me my own hotel badge last week. Right. Um, in the kitchen, in the dining hall. Yeah. But, um, and we're going to have a beach party with some of the staff on um, Saturday. So, And I have a lot of local friends. All the locals here know me. So You're going there a long time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So meeting up with other friends as well for cocktails before I go home. So you're fond of the old so cocktails. It's not too bad. I'm not on my own, really. Ah, no, f- I never drink. Did the non-alcoholic type there? Oh God, no, no. Oh, 
Can I tell you one thing before I go away, PJ? I know I'm probably holding you up. No, you're not. Listen, we've all day. Go on. This will make you all laugh now. So, off I went to the pub, the Irish pub, on Sunday to watch the Cork final. Mm. Arrived to the pub. It was empty. Mortified. I ordered a mojito anyway and sat down. In comes a lovely couple with their little boy. And I'm like, um, what part Ireland are you from? They had Ireland tops on. And they were like Limerick. And I, oh, it was a thick Limerick accent. I was, I was like, oh, God. But they were lovely people, chatted away to the man away. In comes about five other families. And one guy, I says to him, where are you from? He says, I'm from Charleville, but on the border to Limerick. So he says, I'm, I'm a cock man. And I'm mm. like, God, no. He's no, no way is he cock if he's on the border to Limerick. Is that <laughs> so the I'm, bar down near the Humpy Back Bridge? It is, the yeah. Jokers. Yeah, yeah the yeah, Joke yeah. Red Pub. A great place for a match. Yeah, so they all come in, yeah. I had to leave my scooter outside for a few hours and uh, walk back. Mm. <laughs> I have three mojitos. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't drink and drive. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I was the only Carconian in the pub and uh, mortified, mortified. And when, when, we, when you tell people that you're, that you're travelling alone... Uh, did they find that unusual? I haven't really been telling people only um, the the guys in the hotel that know me, you know. Yeah. But um, I wouldn't be broadcasting that now at all. I'd be afraid of my life. I get attacked now, or something would happen, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're. But um, I know it's safe. You know where I am. It's safe. I do. I do. You couldn't be safer. Yeah, actually, it's yeah. a very, very, very quiet part of town there. Exactly, yeah. and it's even more quiet now with COVID. Yeah. As I said, I'm zooming through the footpaths on the school. Good for you. <laughs> Good for you. Well, listen, Pauline, enjoy uh, it. It's one of my you. it's one of my favourite places in the world. I love Alcudia. I've been there about seven times. I absolutely love it, and and really enjoy it. And you're dead safe coming back. You've got your cert. You've got everything else. You don't need a test. The the, the, the rules in the UK are are, are stricter. But right now we're travelling, you're travelling EU to EU. You've got the test. If you want a double and treble check, you can pop across to that chemist we know and ask them there. But, but otherwise Lovely. you I'm should right be okay. Lovely, I'm there now anyway. Okay. But listen, thank you so much for the chat. It's lovely to hear the, the, the Carconian action. <laughs> but I listen to the radio every morning anyway. Like, <laughs> I have to blaring. Right. So listen, thank you so much. All right, Pauline, enjoy, and, the rest, um, enjoy the rest of your holiday and safe home. Oh, I will. I'll have a cocktail for you later. Do, do, do. do. I'll find an old daiquiri, actually. A daiquiri. I, I love, love a daiquiri. daiquiri. Sorry, yeah. All right, then. See you, Pauline. Take care. <laughs> All the best. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 eighteen fifty seven one five nine nine six. I suppose you should probably check, if you are travelling, check with your own airline and your own travel agent. But if you're going EU to EU, you should be safe enough. There's a fabulous app, and it was an app that Pat Dawson to- told me about here on the programme a few weeks back, and it's called Reopen EU. Get it on any one of the app stores and it goes country by country, the requirements, the certs, what you need. And that app confirmed this morning that Pauline is okay. She should be absolutely fine to just come home with her cert. But if you are travelling and if you are away and listening to us by a swimming pool somewhere, God help you. God bless you, you lucky thing. Uh, Just check with your travel agent and find out exactly what is the story. 1850-715-996. Right, let us us look at the situation with regard to confirmations and communions because hundreds of them were cancelled, rescheduled, then cancelled, rescheduled. Some of them went ahead last autumn. Some of them didn't go ahead yet. 
Some of them are heading into their third or fourth cancellation. And it's as even as the restrictions start to ease a little bit, it's getting a little bit more confusing because now we have some of them off and some of them on and we have announcements coming every couple of days. So let us go and talk to Father Tom Hayes at the diocesan offices. Father Tom, good morning to you. Morning, PJ. Good to speak with you again, Tom. What is the situation? Has the diocese issued any instruction here? Um, the instruction in the Diocese of Cork and Ross, PJ, uh, I suppose, just to clarify for your listeners, your listenership is spanning two dioceses at least, possibly even a third, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But so County Cork like, has bits of a couple of dioceses in it. So the Diocese of Cork and Ross is more or less from the River Lee south to the coast and down as far as downtown and okay. all of the city. Okay. So in our diocese, the guidance that has been issued by Bishop Fenton and by the diocese after consulting with everybody is that we're going to wait until the updated restriction easing comes from the government, which is promised in the next couple of weeks. And Bishop Fenton has asked parishes to not um, plan dates or schedules or events with gatherings of people in that intervening time. The second, I think, good practical reason for that is that in the next couple of days and for the next couple of weeks, all the schools are settling back in. And in a lot of the schools, including schools where I am myself in Enniskeen Parish, you know, the teachers have changed. So some of the schools, the teacher that had the first community class last year, that class has a different teacher now this year. So to be fair to them, it doesn't make sense to schedule the first communion ceremony in the first week or 10 days after coming back to school. And as well as that, there's a lot of preparation and background planning has to be done. A lot of that, unfortunately, has suffered in the last two years because for the times that the schools were out and the kids were homeschooling, and as well as that then, a lot of the children that were due to be confirmed are now gone into second-level schools. Mm -hmm. So it'll take a little bit of time to catch up with them, to do a bit of preparation and planning with them. And even at the moment... It's not even clear if we can, for example, if we can hold a practice in a church. You, while you know the schools are very careful about not mixing classrooms and keeping the kids in separate pods and so on. Mm-hmm. So sometimes people think that this is all, so this is easy. We can just put this on for an hour for a day and it's all done. There's a lot more background planning has to be done. Yes. So the children need to be brought to the church for a practice ceremony at least once. And at the moment... We're not allowed to bring a couple of classes and mix them in the church gathering. Because mm-hmm. so, even in the big churches, it's only 50 people. Well, you can have pods of 50 in the bigger churches. But but if you have a confirmation class with 30 children and you have to make room for their sponsor and at least the two parents, your numbers go up very quickly. Yes. So some of the parishes, probably the ones that are finding it hardest to get their heads around it are the parishes, you know, the small rural parishes where they have a very small number. Like, you know, there would be some schools would have five or six for First Communion in some of the rural parishes. And they're scratching their heads where they can't go ahead. I suppose the reason the bishop is asking us all to do the same is to kind of keep a sense of unity and also just to be fair to everybody. It doesn't make sense, as you were saying, for one small parish to go ahead and for another big parish like one of the suburbs around the city mm-hmm. to, to have all their dates postponed. So we're asking people at the moment to just to hold calm for another couple of weeks and with the help of God, please God, by early October, 
when the vaccination process is completed mm-hmm. and you know we'll hope then that we'll be back into a more normal time yeah. we'll still have some level of restrictions no doubt well, well, according to the newspapers today, Father Tom, Nefert is saying that they hope with the vaccination programme advancing as it is, that pretty much all restrictions as we know them could be gone by, by early to mid-October, which we'd, we'd all welcome that. But I think the, the, the key message from you today is that Bishop Gavin is going by what Nefert say and what the government says because, as a result of the advice it gets from Nefert. So in other words, the official... The official instructions from government are what Bishop Gavin is following. Yes, and of course, people know as well too, you know, yesterday we had 2,000 cases again. So the, having any kind of a gathering is still a risk. You know, no matter what the size, no matter how many people you're bringing together, any gathering now still has a risk. The virus is still active in the country. The Nesset were highlighting that yesterday at their mm-hmm. conference, you know. There's 15,000 cases per week. That's a lot of people getting sick with this thing. Yeah. So we still have to be very careful. And we're also conscious that you might have, you know, um, a child and their parents in the church for a first communion ceremony. And then they're taken from there out to a house to visit an elderly relative who may be vulnerable. Mm. And, you know, there's all kinds of reasons for us to just be careful. And I know... People are very frustrated by it. And I know personally as well, a lot of parents have been in contact with me saying, you know, why can't we do this? Why can't we do that? Can we just not do this? And people put their plans in place two years ago and now they're on a pause for so long. And people's patience is getting tested to be fair. But I'd be confident that, you know, if people hold tough for another month or so, all the signs are good that at that stage, uh, the government will allow us to go ahead and have those gatherings. Yeah. I think it looks like we'll still have social distance in church yeah. for a few months more, yeah. and we'll still have to have mask wearing in church, I think. But um, hopefully the other the other things will ease, and people will mm. feel safer as well. And I think people, people's health and safety is sure. paramount. And again, the key message from this conversation, Father Tom, and thank you for being with us, is that the Diocese of Cork and Ross, and we we understand that you're speaking just and only about the Diocese of Cork and Ross. The decision there has been to go with the specific instructions of the day. It is. Okay. And 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 that we'll, you know, do our best to keep everybody safe. And when we when the schools are back in as well, you know, it doesn't to be fair to the schools and to the teachers. Um, we need to give them a chance as well. Okay. All right. Thank you for being with us today. That's uh, Father Tom Hayes, a spokesman for the Diocese of Cork and Ross. Compared to me, the Cork's 96 FM Back Garden Festival, sounding great, had it on at home yesterday, streaming the biggest hits from your favourite festival stars with Harvey Norman and JBL, your specialist in sound all this summer. You can listen right now on the app or go to 96fm.ie. Actually, scratch the right now, wait until the program's over, and then go to 96fm.ie. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? 
1850 715 996. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan on Cork's 96FM. What's a very reaction to my conversation with uh, Pauline, who's currently on holiday in Alcudia in Mallorca, in a place I think many people know well. She was talking about going to watch the match in that wonderful pub down near the near the Humpy Bridge in the middle of Alcudia. Jokers, I think they call it. Yeah, Kevin is jealous because he knows the pub and he knows the area. Oh, so do I, Kev, so do I. Uh, on the app then, Reopen EU. That's a great app. I downloaded it a few weeks ago when I heard about it. That was a lovely chat with Pauline. Uh, enjoyed listening to her. Uh, a beautiful sunshine here in West Cork as well, says Josephine. Yeah, the beautiful sunshine, which is with us now. This is Thursday. Beautiful sunshine is with us until at least Monday. Now, Saturday and Sunday look quite glorious for Cork over the weekend. I think we might catch up tomorrow if we can find time in his schedule. I, I declared last night that he's now the best forecaster on Twitter. That's Alan O'Reilly from Carla Weather who called this good spell it'll be a fortnight tomorrow when he called it that it was coming he said he couldn't be 100% sure but he saw it coming two weeks ago he also saw the heat wave coming at the start of July he knows what he's at does that young lad and we'll chat to him tomorrow to see how long this might last uh, which hopefully will be several days more because it's just gorgeous out there right now 1950 715 996 something else I've been doing and I'll do it before the end of the program. I've been looking again at numbers. I haven't done numbers in a long time. And I'll either do them before the end of the program or I'll hold them until tomorrow. I haven't decided yet. But I do have some numbers done on hospitalizations, ICU, comparisons between now, January, and this time last year. So we'll give you a look at those either now uh, before we finish today or tomorrow, depending on where we find the time. On communions and confirmations, I think Father Tom made it very clear there before the 11 o'clock news that the Diocese of Cork and Ross, so if you're in Cloyne or if you're in another diocese, you may have a different thing going on. But the Diocese of Cork and Ross, the Catholic Diocese of Cork and Ross, their confirmations and communions are being run according to the present instructions from government and from NEFET. So Bishop Fintan Gavin has decided to stick with the instructions from government and from Neffet to the letter. So we'll see what comes out in the next couple of days in that regard because we'll have an announcement early next week and whatever announcement is made and whatever is published in the next set of government instructions, the next rollback, that is what will happen in the Diocese of Cork and Ross. My family have been talking about it. They suggested getting everyone into Croke Park says John, for one big event, seeing as they can put 40,000 people there for the All-Ireland, we can surely do a few communions there. Another caller, I'd like to know what you think about this one. Let's be honest, it's not the sacrament people are worried about, it's the parties, and I have sympathy for them. I know it's a big, proud and lovely family reunion day, and I see the neighbours and the costumes and the outfits, they've no use now, but we're in a crisis, someone just has to make decisions. Everything can't be debated to the last or nothing will get done. For the religious people, there are beautiful ways to receive the sacrament privately if they're concerned about their child not being in communion day. 
the priest will be sympathetic to that and facilitate it. Most of them are. You can get a child's first communion at any mass. So any child that missed their first communion in May uh, or June or whenever they were supposed to be held, May, you can go to your local parish priest and the child can receive their first communion at mass next Sunday if that's what you want to do. So that's the point the caller is making. 1850-715-996. Now, we've talked, I don't know how many times, about the importance of minding yourself through all of this. And thankfully, and I'd even felt a little spring in my step personally this week, not just because of the glorious sunshine back with us again, but the fact that we are we seem to be near the end of this damn thing. And it's been hard. It's been really hard at times. Uh, and there were days when, you know... You just want it all to be over. And there were days when you you kind of, you get really sick of listening to instructions and really sick and tired of being told, no, there's this going on, there's that going on. And it can get you. And it got to a lot of people, some people more than most, uh, more than others rather. Um, Susan Fitzgerald uh, is a life coach. And you've come across a lot of people really have suffered and you're stressing the importance even now as we hopefully come to an end of it or come close to self-care. Good morning, Susan. Good morning, Peter. How are you? Yes, um, self-care, I suppose like it's kind of a multitude of things really but I suppose the one thing I wanted to stress at the start was self-care isn't selfishness and often it can be just, it, it, it can get confused because it's like you're putting yourself first, which to be fair, Fergal, or sorry, PJ, can be actually a little bit strange for some people mm. to actually put themselves first. They think of others before everybody else. I you think know? there's an Irish thing there, Susan. Oh, I don't very know, much so. If you, if you look after yourself, you're deemed to be selfish. Absolutely. And then the other side of it then is we've also become quite good at being a martyr. You know, and I'm, you know, kind of oh, sure I couldn't do that or I couldn't do this because that would be all. like, you know, you get used to that position of being oh, like the martyr type of thing. You can really smell the burning, as I have to say, you can smell the burning martyr for about an hour, a mile away, you know. Mm-hmm. So we tend to be, so I think self-care, basically, in a nutshell, what it is, is actually just checking in with yourself. And what I mean by that now is just taking a couple of seconds Seconds, I mean, in your day to say, how am I doing? How, like, like you'd say to your friend, PJ, like, how are you getting on? And actually, you know the way we kind of go, how are you? And keep walking away. That you actually stay with yourself and just take a second to go, oh, actually, how am I doing? You know, yes. and being honest in 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 your feeling. Like, how, like, if you're feeling bad, that's okay. I think sometimes there's a lot of positivity going around, which I'm all for, don't get me wrong. But it can be very... Um, it can be very fruitless to be pushing yourself to being positive when you actually don't feel it at all. There was a, a feeling, we, the word we used here when we we're talking about it repeatedly during the year is, even for mm-hmm. those of us who've come through this mm-hmm. relatively unscathed, yes. there were days when it was awful flat. Yeah. Yes. And you're sitting there looking out at the rain particularly going, mm-hmm. this is crap. Exactly. And that's allowed. And the- and that is, yeah, it's about giving yourself permission. Now, that's, that's, again, we're talking about confusing things. It's not the same as wallowing. Like, there's something very freeing about actually saying, do you know what it is, Pat? 
like, and that's okay, rather than like, but I shouldn't really be saying that because I should be grateful for this, 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 and this. Again, I'm all for gratitude, no more than yourself. But at the same time, you have to be real in what's going on in the here and now. And sometimes, you know, uh, PJ, there are people that have gone through things, no more than all of us, really, because we've all been in uh, this pandemic. But some of us have experienced it. And it's not, it's not possible to be feeling positive. It's actually unhealthy if you're feeling positive when you're trying to be positive when you don't feel it. It's yeah. too much pressure. It becomes artificial. Pressure. Yeah, and it's just a lot of pressure to be putting on yourself. It's one more stick to beat yourself with. So getting back to the self-care then, you can just make, like, just a question of, like, writing down one or two things that that are that you can control because it is really about controlling the uncontrollable, the, the things that you can control, you know? Mm. There are some things you can't control i.e. the pandemic, really. Yeah, that's that's just it. it it's, it's an attitude of mind that we've had to learn. Do you yes. know, try not mm. to... It's a great piece of advice that, that a friend of mine gave me uh, mm-hmm. sort of early last summer. Mm-hmm. Um, when I, it was just getting to me a bit, say it would have been maybe May, 12 months, it was getting to me a bit. The weather was yes. rubbish and yes. I was going right... And my friend said to me, stop relying or try not to rely for your happiness on things you cannot control and one one of the things you cannot control is this pandemic Mm -hmm. totally you know and it is about like you know and and that sound that's like there was a lot of platitudes then going around of like oh my god it's a chance to reinvent yourself and this that which that drive you as mad as it drove me I just kind of thought, well, it's fine if you're kind of choosing if you're in that mindset at that time but god that was a big ask at the initial stages to turn around and, and flip it so quickly. I tell you, at the start, I think, uh, to be honest with you, PJ, I think we all thought this is going to be a month or two. It will give right. me a chance to reboot. That's right. But then it just went on and on, and I think that's where people kind of kind of got mm. stro- struggled, you know? Was it was it very unfair on some people who, who watched their little businesses go mm-hmm. to the wall mm-hmm. to say, well, ah, sure, you can always do something else. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? I, I wanted to touch on that then, bringing leading it into grief. There's actually a grieving process going on for probably most of us, really. In in if I look in in, in one way, because things aren't the way they used to be. No. So. And we ask ourselves every day, will they ever be again? Yeah. So there is a loss, kind of like in the like around. But I suppose it, in rather than kind of getting stuck in it, it's about naming it at any given time. And there are a lot of people that are struggling with loss. They mightn't have named it as loss, you see, because or grief, because it's not a physical loss, you know, which some people unfortunately have experienced as well. But when we lose something material, we kind of tend to not, I suppose, give ourselves again permission yeah. to feel that loss. And everyone's experience. Is as different different. and as important to them as yours Mm -hmm. is to you. Exactly. And I always say to compare is to despair. Because if you're comparing, oh my God, look at PJ there. He's actually in greater form. And I'm down at the dumps. Oh my God, he's been so much better than me. So don't be comparing yourself. And that's, again, why I said to you in the notes there about, like, come off social media after a while. Because, you know, it's grand. It's very informative. But there's a lot of mis misguided stuff going out there too so just mind yourself in it you know are there days you pick up the social media and you wonder God I've got to get out of here I've got to get away from this (laughs) and exactly and you know like it's funny it's kind of a little bit like roadkill or you know when you're in a restaurant and the the waiter hands you down the plate he says mind the place they're hot you still find yourself clutching the plate like (laughs) (laughs) it's true it's so true 
So you kind of have to say, no, I'm not looking at it now for the next hour or two. You know, so there is fierce merit in coming off of it. You know, it really mm. is in the detox of social media. And again, and, and, and like it offers wonderful distraction too. So it's all about balance. Mm. Something that, and again, this is this is a, a personal thing. Two two things that 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 I learned to do, um, and I think I, I is take even if it's only a half an hour of the mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. switch out of everything yeah. and I just turn on music or pick up Ex- a book that's yeah. not switch I don't care I will look at look at it later I actually don't care now and yeah. the, the other thing too is take big joy from tiny things exactly you know a totally and healthy distraction like you're talking about that there healthy distraction like it's kind of like going on to the music just taking your mind away from it because it'll be there long after us anyway there'll be be loads of feeds coming in on the social media and definitely taking your time out from it is is very very important Now with a bit of luck with a bit of luck we'll we'll have a normal enough life Mm -hmm. in say six months time yes but I guess what we've been through, Susan, and let's let's call it what it is. We've been through a trauma as trauma. a people. Yes, yes. This is a trauma, and mm-hmm. it's you know it's 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 not too big a word, and it's not too small a word. We have all been through a trauma as people. It could be a different level for me than it is for you and for somebody yes. else. Yes. So we need to work back out of that trauma mm-hmm. by practicing self care and more self-care. besides. Yeah, and minding the triggers then. So sometimes when we hear, let's say, high numbers, now we can go, oh my God, that's it, now we're all back in lockdown and everything. But we can have to remember that the vaccination is going very well. So take out the positives when you hear things, because we can be triggered. Trauma is very much like... It can get triggered very easily when you've experienced something, you know. So take a breath then when you feel, oh, my God, I'm listening to the numbers and I'm, my heart is racing and yeah. I'm feeling all anxious again. Step back then and go, but things are different now. You know, I'm vaccinated. Mm. I'm or whatever, you know, like things aren't the same as they were, let's say, thanks be to God, 12 months ago or 18 months ago. Well, actually, I have numbers in front of me, which I'll be doing in a minute, and they're nothing like as bad as they were in January. Nothing. Yeah, yeah. And, and and as well as that, look at the vaccination. Yes. So there are there are great things coming from um like it's as I say, we've come through it. And when I say great things now, I don't mean to be minimizing the experiences that some people have, you know, mm-hmm. have had as well. Again, but each person has experienced this pandemic uniquely to them. How and important so is it to talk to those around you? I think it's vital, to be honest with you, PJ, that we get support because um you need to be heard and you're, you're need to be kind of vindi- like, or accept what you're feeling and sometimes you can't do that on your own and if you're feeling like it's going to have a bad day and come out of it but if like when you know you need support it's when it's just not moving you're not you feel like you're in mud all the time so yeah. it is very very important to, to reach out to the support and there are fantastic supports out there Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're just and and when I say support, no, like I'm not always talking about coaching or therapy. That Those might only be fantastic. your best friend. It might only be a chat with someone, like and and we are talking at chat, and you can be amazed because we tend to withdraw when we're feeling bad. We tend to withdraw, um, because we kind of feel we're not we're a burden on society almost. And I suppose it's always important because there's a negative voice in our heads that tells us we're bad. It's a kind of a nearly a default position. 
So sometimes you need someone to kind of say, you know, I'm here and I'm genuinely here. I'm mm. listening. I'm I'm here with you, you know. And so, as I say, that does not have to be anything. It can be as simple as a chat on the phone, like even what we're chatting here. It can be simple as that. Yeah, yeah. You know? And we talked as well uh, during the the last six months about a thing called toxic positivity. Yes, yeah. I this know. kind of get up and do something and breathe in the air. What if you yeah. can't? That is awful. Don't pretend. If it's crap, it's crap. Exactly. And I mean, I think there's, there's serious pressure put on you when you think, I mean, you're already struggling, right? It's just if an example, you're having a bad day, things aren't going great, you're really finding it hard to kind of get out of bed. And the next thing then you're supposed to be like absolutely delighted with life when in actual fact everything around you like you might be looking at your closed bars for last year or your little as you said there earlier your business that you've worked so hard for isn't exactly um, open for business anymore so and someone standing there going embrace the positive you just want to talk more you know just, yeah, it's not exactly. the message no. yeah you know so I think that toxic positivity is great now that it's been given an actual term because it's uh, giving people actually a little bit more but breathing space to kind of go actually no I don't I don't feel positive at yeah. the minute no you might be positive in another hour or two or three or a couple of days but right here and now and we need to learn to accept yeah. where people are at at the moment it's crap I'll feel exactly. better later, but right now it's crap. Thank you very much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then when you're feeding that, um, PJ, it's very important then that what do you do? What what do you do with that feeling then? Like, how do I mind myself? And what I do you crap? do briefly? Well, when, like, and I, and I am talking about simple things. Like, what is it that you like to, like, you listen to music. What is it that you like to, like, that gives you some bit of a lift? It could be as simple as a cup of tea with an extra spoon of sugar. You know, yeah. something that it's not the time to go on a detox diet when you're feeling like that. So that's too harsh. Do you know what I mean? And I'm not saying either that you that you overindulge, but it's about a small bit of compassion with yourself. Mm. It's befriending yourself, actually, because I can tell you one thing. If you came up to me and said you were feeling crap, I'd say probably as being, as being Irish anyway, the first thing you'd say is, come on, look, we'll have an old cup of tea to run the kettle. Yes. yes. You know, so it's about softening, just soften the voice in your head, just that, you know, really kind of talk nice to yourself. You be know, because be, be nice to yourself. Need. It's allowed. Be and, nice. And it's not selfish. You know? Susan, first, yeah. always okay. good to chat. We are flying <laughs> it is great to here. Hear you we again. can stay yeah. all day talking. Thank be you good. very much. And we will another day. That's Susan Fitzgerald, uh, life coach on just getting out of this, as we may soon be able to say it's over. You know what? I do. I, I dream. There are nights when I wake up and I wonder, I, I start thinking about the script I will write some morning. I know I will. I know I will write this script. A script that I will write some morning to tell you that it's over. God, I, I cannot wait for that morning. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie.
96 FM. So are you happy now, Ross? The heat and the sunshine is gone and the rain that you love so much is back. I was standing out in the rain yesterday. Kissing in the rain. Looking up at the heavens. Oh my God, I've no idea how good this is. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, a bit just went to my eyeball. (laughs) We call you Rain Man then. Rain 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 Man. <laughs> I'm Tom Cruise, you're Rain Man. <laughs> hey, listen. You're more like Tom Cruise liner. <laughs> Casey and Ross in the morning with no DC cars Blackpool for Skoda in the city, a long standing tradition in Cork. Open 24 7 at nildc.com. Cork's 96 FM. Now, we've been able to travel around our county since sometime in June and then around our country for most of the summer and internationally since the 19th of July. Uh, Pauline there was talking to me from Alcudia about an hour and a bit ago and all very jealous of her. You can go to the sunshine right now. You can go up and down the country right now. There are some deals to be had and every so often we love to catch up with Sarah Slattery uh, from the travelexpert.ie. Sarah, good morning. Good morning, PJ. How are you? Good. September is a good time. There was there was a time when I always waited to have my holidays in September, but then I had kids and school arrived. <laughs> yeah. So that kind of put paid to that one. But for people who can, September is a very popular time to take a break. It's fantastic. I mean, the, the, besides the fact that the prices are so low, but you don't have, the kids are back in school, you have nice, uh, relaxed meal times and breakfasts and you don't have to pre-book everything three weeks in advance. Um, yeah, beaches are practically empty. And sure, if you had weather like this, could you think there's never there'd never be a better time? Mm. I'm looking at places to travel uh, in Ireland first. Like I cannot just believe this from from Enniscorthy. I know that hotel. Yeah, I know that hotel. Like that's a deal and a half. Tell us what it is. Yeah, it's the Riverside Park Hotel in Enniscorthy. It's a four-star hotel and they have a great, it's a midweek offer, but it's €99 Euro per room, so €50 Euro per person for a couple. And you get breakfast uh, and a bottle of Prosecco in the room with chocolates on arrival. So, like, for €100, Euro, you, you've got a night away, you've got breakfast, bottle of Prosecco. I mean, you don't have to be worrying about taxis in and out of town or any of that, you know. Yeah. Um, it's just the deals at the moment are fantastic yeah. both at home and abroad yeah. if you wanted the drive to Donegal yeah the silver um, test that's, that, that's a famous hotel yeah and Donegal got a lot of uh, I, well I was in Donegal myself in June and uh, it just seems to get a lot of um, good press with you everybody's kind of fascinated with the beaches I think we were all learning new things about our own <laughs> Uh, country, but yeah. Five Fingers Strand, it's just so gorgeous. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, but for €60 Euro per person, you get dinner, bed and breakfast in the Silver Taffy. Um, wow. These are, there's a few different autumn breaks on the Select Hotels of Ireland website. It's like a group of 28 different hotels and they have a whole autumn break section and the Silver Taffy is one of them. Um, and there's another one in Mayo, the uh, Twin Trees Hotel. And they have dinner, bed and breakfast as well with a bottle of wine for €77 per person. So um, loads of of amazing deals to be had at the moment. Hotels in Dublin, very affordable right now. Yeah, I mean, Dublin, it's a great time um, to for, not so great for hoteliers, but great for, for, for visitors. And it's, it's a nice time to visit the, you know, it's not too busy, but like you can get kind of, you know, depending on, on, on what sort of standard you're looking for. Um, I stayed in the Royal Marine there out in Dunleary. If you were going now, early September, when like, if you might get some nice weather down at the seafront, it's 50 euro per person, like 100 euro per room. 
or the Clayton Burlington Road, the, Bur- the old Burlington. The old like, Burlow, yeah. Yeah, the Burlow. Uh, 55 euro per person. Get like, away. I mean, that used to be one of the most expensive hotels in Dublin one time. Yeah, I remember that. Like, it was great. Uh, and, you know, lovely bar area. And, you know, it's just it's just a bit of a... Well, yeah. like that. I remember I had many good nights there. Um, and if you want a bit of luxury, the Intercontinental... Um, they have a sort of a luxury escape with a three-course dinner, like a five-star hotel with a bottle of champagne on arrival, and that's two forty per person. Oh, that's pushing but the boat out, but you know what? But like you, like if you look at sort of the room rates in a five-star hotel, you, you could be paying five hundred euros just for a room, you, you know, could. in some of them. And this is with dinner and a bottle of champagne, and yeah. the terrace there is amazing. I was in there recently; it's absolutely gorgeous. Okay. So. And like there's deals all around depending on the package you want. Now, going overseas, which again we we can again, and there are some deals there. Particularly, I like this one. Oh, Greece. Now, there's a lot of restrictions in Greece at the moment, but even allowing for that, Zakynthos. Yeah, Zakynthos uh, is a very popular spot. It's that island that people might have seen the photos of Shipwreck Beach. It's a very famous beach, yeah. and it's it's it's, 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 it's normally it's, it's a place a lot of people want to go to, but we have package holidays there and so they have like everything you don't need to worry about if there's any kind of worry on restrictions because they've kind of got everything covered they include your transfers and check baggage everything is included in the price and they have a week there for 360 euro on the 19th of September and it's just the prices are just so good and like that as you said particularly if you're vaccinated like it's it's very straightforward traveling um, in Europe at the moment I mean there's you do need to be mindful of um, each country's individual restrictions and the passenger locator forms, and you do, you do need to be aware of uh, what. But but generally, like you know, the, the the social media that you see and the the reports coming back, like they're all positive. Like there's there's, there's no horror stories, or you know, everybody's. Um, uh, it's all really good, uh, mm. positive feedback uh, that I've been hearing anyway yeah, in the last yeah. week. Um, Week, weekend in Venice. Could there be something more romantic in the world? Like, Well, yeah, I just put this in because I think has there ever been a better time to visit Venice? Like, without all the crowds and, you know, September is a good time. It's not too hot. Um, but the, the Ryanair flights at the moment, I, I think they were for a weekend. Now, I, this is a weekend I picked from like a Friday to a Monday, 76 euros um, on the, I think it's the 12th of September or the 19th, 12th, I think. Um, all these deals are on my website anyway, uh, the travel expert that I eat. But it's um, 296 euro for flights and three nights in a hotel. It's only a three-star hotel, but it's right beside Mark Square. Mm. And of course, you can go for four or five-star or whatever you want to spend, you know, after mm. that. But Venice is one of those kind of places that you're out and about exploring anyway. So location is probably one of the more important things there. Uh, there's a five-star offer for Croatia, which looks good at the moment. Yes. That's a gorgeous part of Croatia. It's a place called Sabchat. It's a really is a little piece of heaven now. I was there years ago. And this is a five-star hotel, really popular with Irish, actually. It's called the Hotel Croatia. It's right on the peninsula. And you can get the, the boat over into Dubrovnik. It's about 45 minutes. And Dubrovnik can get busy, you know, with cruise ships and all sorts of things. So it's nice to kind of stay on the outskirts and go in and out. But Sabchat itself is a beautiful little town. And um, for the five-star hotel for the week there, including Aer Lingus flight on the 21st of October, it's 6 59 yes, Including flights? Yeah, yeah. For a week? Yeah. Five-star? Yeah. Wow. It's a gorgeous hotel. And um, it's, it's, as I said, that place, Sabchat, is beautiful. I, if, if you don't like Sabchat, there's 
up Ser- Serious <laughs> deals. Lastly, Sarah, before I let you go, talking to Pauline this morning, who contacted us from Alcudia, she was a bit concerned about getting back because she has her, she had her vaccination cert and she'd all that, and her neighbour in the hotel was saying, well, we need to get tested, and we discovered that she doesn't know that. You do need to check, though, where you're going and what the requirements are. Yeah, it's absolutely. I mean, when the digital COVID certificate was announced, it was a case of, you know, all everyone in Europe was going to follow along the same thing. And they haven't really. They've all sort of, like Malta was probably the biggest, um, I suppose, news there last month when the people, they, they announced they were only allowing vaccination people in. So people arrived with their negative tests and they weren't allowed in. Um, but generally speaking, if you're vaccinated, it's fairly straightforward. Um, if you're not vaccinated, it's really important that you check because some countries will require, um, you know, PCR tests. Some will require antigens. Some will require them 48 hours in advance. Some 72. So, like, and child ages as well. If you're travelling with kids, most countries will allow kids um, under 12 without tests. But some are seven and some are five, and you know, mm. so it, it's vital that you check. Look it uh, up. The country. Yeah, exactly. and, it, and it's all out there because it, it is all there online. I mentioned a, an app. Earlier yeah, this morning, restore yeah. EU. Yeah, yeah, reopen EU. Yeah, reopen very, EU. very good. Yeah, yeah it's fair. And, and just bear in mind as well, got lots of messages. People seem to think the seventy-two hours or the forty-eight hours is like a target. You know, it's within that time frame. So, if you, for instance, went forty-eight hours before and got your test, and your flight was delayed, and you arrived late, you know, you're outside the forty-eight hours then. So, you know, you can very easily get your test on the way to the airport, the antigen test to get the results in half an hour. You know, or you can get it like a few hours before, uh, the day before. You don't have to get it. People seem to think that this 42 or 24, 48 hours and 72 is like a time frame, you know. So it's within that period. Okay. Okay. All right. Listen, Sarah, always good to catch up on the programme. That's Sarah Slattery, uh, the travelexpert.ie is her website, full of deals and packages. And what's out? And there is stunning value out there at the moment, here at home and abroad, if you can get away. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now. 1850 715 On Cork's 96FM. So we were talking earlier on this morning about Parky Cueve and today is the last day for submission of objections or observations into the public process for Parky Cueve and we remembered our conversation back in June with Cullum from the local residents association about a concern they were with regard to the open spaces that they want for children and residents being taken over as car parks uh, Michael O'Flynn is adamant that this is not a land grab by the GAA and he insists that this car parking space is needed. In actual fact, it won't be for the uh, stadium as such. It'll be a public, a, a public facility and that the public need the car parks. And it is what it is. It'll work out as it works out. Mary, good morning. Good morning, PJ. Um, I was just ringing in there. I'm a resident in Black Rock. I'm not on the marina side, but use the marina. And um, as everybody knows, the marina was had one of the highest rates of football in any area of the country. I would imagine throughout lockdown. Yeah. And I don't think that there has ever 
while it was being used as the amenity which it is, that there was ever a demand for extra car parking down there. I don't think you were ever contacted by, pe- by people from Black Rock saying, we don't have enough car parking down the marina. Mm. I'd have to we say want, I'd be hard-pressed to remember it ever happening, yeah. Yeah, yes. We, we want the amenity. We do Maybe not around the time parking. of the marquee, people would be upset by uh, marquee traffic parking in their gardens and parking uh, yes, across but, their driveways. And, uh, but, but the fact is that the residents who use it as an amenity mm. don't want more parking. And for Michael O'Flynn to say, oh, this is for the people of the area to use when the GAA aren't using it kind of type thing is ridiculous. There is no need, demand or desire for it. Car parks are not attractive. Mm. We have a beautiful amenity down in the marina. We do not want cars. There's already, you know, the car parking between Lee Rowing Club and Shandon. There's a lot of parking there. There's parking at the Black Rock Village end. You have, you know, the ones down by the castle. There's loads of car parks for it for use as an amenity. So we don't want car parks replacing the green spaces and the things that make it such a beautiful amenity. Mm. Car parks are underground, high rise, and but they're expensive. And mm. the GEA don't obviously well like the the objection to G, to parking keep being cited or redeveloped and expanded on its current site was the lack of car parking. But they said, oh no, it's fine. Mm. And now here they are, a couple of years later, coming back trying to destroy. Mm. What they've left. Part of what, what Michael was saying to him was that they've discovered, they've discovered since they opened the the, the uh, renovated parking Cueve that one thing they have a problem with is mobility parking. That they don't have parking for people with disabilities, and they need extra parking Listen, for them. I'm, sh- I'm sure there's. Uh, it's not rocket science, TJ. In fairness, everybody knew that that was going to be a problem. That place is a bottleneck. It's not easy to get into. It's not easy to get out of it. There's one entrance from the city side, effectively, and there's and before pedestrianisation, you could get at it from the Black Rock side. So now there is really only an access from the city side. Even if you come down CAB, you still have to go around and down, you know... Um, like it's not, it's not a question of just being there. You know, there was always problems accessing. It's a complete bottleneck, and bringing more cars into there will mean that people will not be able to get out. Is there, the only to, is there a case to be made for a better local bus service? Absolutely, but like you've the Marina Commercial Park there, where you park for the Marina Market at the moment. Mm-hmm. They could develop a multi-storey car park there and shuttle. Most people would be able to walk. They would, in a way, from that close. And, you know, um, mm. and it's not only parking like this. You know, if there's a match in parking, there's parking problems. If there's, you know, all these places. But, like, just having parking there for the GA, when there is no demand for it from any other area of the community, it, it is very disingenuous. And it is wrong for Michael O'Flynn mm. to say that they are doing this for anything. But mm. themselves. Okay. Okay. There All is, right. There is no demand for it. 
We love the marina where okay. it is. We are well, so Have, you, have you put in your own your own personal objection note or what? I actually did, I didn't know about it. Well, actually, you, you could do it on, until about until half five today if you wanted to. So if you check up the the council website, you'll be able to 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 find it out and do it by today at at, at close of business if you wanted to. Mary, thank you for that. Much appreciate your call. Eighteen fifty seven one five nine nine six. Quick reminder to you. Premier League Live is back with you this Saturday on 96FM. You can have it on the website, 96FM.ie, or of course on the app. It's with Trevor Welsh and it's powered by Talk Sport. This Saturday, Trevor has live coverage of Manchester City v Arsenal, 12.30. West Ham against Crystal Palace at 3. Liverpool against Chelsea at half past 5. It's the Premier League Live online with Now. Join the experience with a Now Sports or Sports Extra membership and listen Saturday. Saturday on 96fm.ie or on the 96fm app. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96fm. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie. Things will start coming back over the next six weeks or so. That's what Neffet are telling us today. Uh, in the papers and we'll hear more over the next couple of days but one festival is back the Clonakilty International Guitar Festival with a fabulous lineup and a kind of a hybrid operation this year I think Ray Blackwell from Dubaras is the organiser Ray good morning Hey PJ uh, how are you doing thanks for for, uh, giving me a show Delighted that is a very very uh, broad lineup and an exciting one how are you going to do it uh, well, uh, thanks so much for, for acknowledging uh, the lineup as well, uh, PJ. It's something that we've worked uh, really hard on and that we're, um, you know, that we're very passionate about. So it's great to, for you to, to acknowledge that. Uh, so how are we going to do it? Well, look, we're a community uh, festival. Uh, it's our 17th year of uh, running the Guitar Festival. Um, you know, we've, um, we, we've had to run it on just fresh air some of the years. So we're used to kind of pushing the old boulder up the hill, you know. Yeah. So uh, here we are. We're... Uh, our 17th year, we're still in the midst of a pandemic that, despite what anyone might say, it's not over yet, and we're conscious of that. And we're, we're a, like I said, we're a community festival. We're con- very conscious of our community. We want to enrich and um, and uh, and grow and our, our community. We don't want to um, uh, leave it in any way other than a better shape than when we found it. So um, our festival this year has all those parameters uh, and kind of uh, health and safety guidelines in mind. So, um, yeah, so our, our programme and how we're going to present the festival this year um, takes all that into account. We're looking at outdoor uh, controlled performances. We're looking at um, hybrid gigs, which will be uh, live streamed gigs outdoors with a reduced capacity audience. Um, we're, there's going to be an on, another further online element. We've, oh, um, so, th- so you'd have an audience there at it, but you can also book in online and watch the gig there. Exactly, you'll be watching wow. it in real time live streams, and also we've spent the last uh, few months um, uh, f- documenting uh, the musicians in our community and um, who are, are are the bedrock of our our festival. Not just the festival at the end of September, but the music community that are the bedrock of the music scene here throughout the year. Um, you know, uh, so uh, we're going to present some uh, virtual premieres as well um, uh, online through Brilliant. our. Uh, our social media channels. And lastly, what's and, good, what's the Guitar Town Cinema? That looks good. So again, another another way, like we're like everyone else, uh, PJ, we're, we're constantly trying to 
figure out where we're at. We're trying to stay true to the ethos of our festival that we've always maintained from the uh, for the last 16 years so far. And like we, we, we're trying to, to keep our integrity. And like what makes the car festival so special, you know, th- those factors are really diminished this year. It's about people getting together, people, t- um, you know, people, strangers seeing their new favourite band. So in a way, to try to maintain that, we've uh, we're going to present some of the virtual recordings that we've filmed of musicians and artists throughout the last year. We're going to present them in a communal setting in an outdoor cinema in an attempt to try to recreate that um, the the live experience with a group obviously in pods socially distance in the in the world that we find ourselves in. Do you know what? This is an this is a great example of what can be done uh, to 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 make up for the for the loss I suppose of previous of, of previous festivals. Congratulations on getting it together. Good luck with it. It all starts at the 10th, runs till the 19th of September. The famous Clonakilty Guitar Festival back in a modernised version for hopefully a post-COVID world, or at least a coping with COVID world. Thank you, Ray. Gold medal for Ireland in the Paralympics. Swimmer Ellen Keane has won gold in the Paralympic swimming pool in Tokyo. Delighted. That's our first gold at the Paralympics. 29 athletes. And on the second day of competition, we got a gold. Bring on the rest of it. That's it for today. The programme edited by Fiona Corker and produced and researched by Fergal Barry. See you tomorrow, just after nine.